You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then uh, before COVID, I auditioned for Hades now. Uh, but I got two callbacks. Nothing happened. COVID happened. And then being in Puerto Rico, I received an email that they were looking for someone. Uh, I, again, for, they were looking for more people for tour. So after that moment, everything happened through Zoom. So my auditions, even my final callbacks with Anais Mitchell, Rachel Chafkin, Liam Robinson, and everything, everybody from the cast, from the creative team, it was via Zoom, and I was in PR in that studio that I've been dancing for 15 years of my life. <laughs> so I was like, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot going on. I was really emotional, and after that audition, I was like, whatever happens, I'll be happy and you know grateful. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform with clients in over 20 Broadway shows, national tours, clients in London, uh, on the West End, collegiate stages across the country. If you need the help, we're here for you. We are a remote online training program that helps marry fitness and your theatrical career pursuits together so billforthestage.com check it out thanks to broadway podcast network you can check them out at bpn.fm all right let's get on to the podcast episode a special guest as always bfts fam on the road with hades town right now please welcome to the podcast eddie noel thank you so much for that sound effect i love it people will know that sound effect especially in hades down (laughs) they will know that reference (laughs) i well let's let's wait let's what do we stumble upon let's get into that i saw hades town when broadway came back um i don't know when it was october november the months are blurring together tell us a little bit about that sound effect in hades town what are you what are you referencing right now oh it, it, it's a thing that in puerto rico every time you go to a party of reggaeton or something like that they have the sound effects like bow, 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 bow. so here in hades town suddenly uh, in the in the curtain call every time we turn around to the musicians or something it's like bow, 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 bow. that's what i do for them on stage oh so they're always it's an inside it's an inside joke between the it's, cast got yeah, it yeah, and every time so we're celebrating something <laughs> enter to a room is like bam 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 it's like yeah Eddie's here oh <laughs> see I, I thought I missed something because I was like I don't remember the party horn oh. in Hades Town. <laughs> no 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 it's super inside <laughs> hilarious oh, hilarious well I'm down in man. I'm down in my Oh my goodness. Thank you for being on the, the show. It's a long time coming. I'm so glad to finally chat um, yeah. with you almost in person, more so on our nice little video screen here. But you're currently in Philly right now with the tour. Yeah. But before we get into Hades Town, let's just get to know you just a bit. Where are you originally from, Eddie? 
I am from Puerto Rico, specifically from my hometown, Vega Baja, Vega Baja, Puerto Rico, the same hometown as Bad Bunny. If you know Bad Bunny, you know <laughs> he's from Vega mm -hmm. Baja, Puerto yeah. Rico. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> tell us about growing up and when performing became like a, a passion of yours or maybe when you started to realize like, oh, this, this is something I might want to do. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, honestly, since I was a kid, starting all the talent shows, like dancing with friends, you know, this talent show, okay, let's do this song. Uh, she wants to imitate Britney. Okay, let's do the backup dancers. Like do the, and that's how we started. Um, and after that, um, the big Wait, thing. Wait, let's, let's, let's zoom, sorry to interrupt. Let's zoom in a little bit about your days as a backup dancer for Britney <laughs> Spears as a child. <laughs> Is this like watching the music videos over and over and over again until you get all the, the choreography? Tell. Of course. Remember when we used to do the mix with the cassette and you were waiting for the music video and specifically so you recorded it from MTV yeah. or any. So I used to record every single music video, Janet Jackson, um, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all those songs, Backstreet Boys. Uh, so we used to uh, 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 imitate all those artists. Uh, so we used to go to different um, <laughs> talent shows. One time, one I, one of the biggest I remember that we did was Moulin Rouge, and we did this whole production with the heart and everything. Um, so, and yeah, we went all the way, uh, all over Puerto Rico doing different talent shows, and and yeah, that's how I started falling in love with performing. Then I joined uh, a band playing the trombone for three years, so that helped me a lot, you know, with the music, reading, and stuff. Um, then after that, I joined the folkloric dance company called Jibaro de Puerto Rico. That is a, a, a dance company that um, promotes folklore and culture of our uh, Puerto Rico. So with that company, I was there for 15 years of my life, basically. And we travel a lot, uh, different places, uh, Mexico, uh, Greece, uh, Turkey, representing our island, uh, showing our folklore. So that's why I'm very attached to our music, our culture. And it's so rich that every time I go somewhere, I just I flag Puerto Rico. So besides besides Bad Bunny, what what's an <laughs> artist? What's an artist that you could reference to our listeners to be like, hey, if you want to get the the real deal of my hometown culture, this is what you have to listen to. Do you have any artists in on my, in your mind? I mean, uh, damn, in the spot. I mean. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. It's, I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I know reggaeton is a big thing from Puerto Rico, and there's a lot of people from, like, the uh, important uh, reggaetoneros, like Daddy Yankee, Don Omar, Bad Bunny. Even though I listen to it, reggaeton is not my maybe my favorite type of music, you know? But mm -hmm. I love when they do match up with a lot of Latin rhythms or they combine rhythms with other countries. So I'm into that. And um, I think right now, I mean, Bad Bunny is, he has been moving a lot, especially for this uh, new generation. Um, Ricky Martin, everybody knows Ricky Martin. So it's another yeah. thing. It's just like going deep down to someone that maybe they don't know. Uh, I I don't know. Nobody <laughs> pops in my head right now. <laughs> I'm going to, okay, so I have a, a long work day today with programming. Um, I'm going to be listening to Ricky Martin all day because of you. Ah. I can't wait. <laughs> no, actually, the old, actually, the new. No, actually, yeah. no, now I remember. Calle 13. I mean, he doesn't uh, sing oh. in English specifically, but Calle 13, if you know him, I love his music. I uh, He inspired me a lot. Um, he's been connecting with a lot of other cultures 
Uh, there's a documentary of him in, in Netflix that hit one of his latest album. He did the DNA test. Uh, and depending on that DNA test, he went to different countries from he is from by, uh, by that DNA. And he uh. grabbed music from different parts of those countries. And he made that album with those rhythms, those music, those sounds. It's gorgeous. I'll send you the link. It's Calle 13. It's his name is Yeah, Remy. yeah. Yeah. Calle 13. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. All right, so thanks for that. Going off of that <laughs> bunny trail, uh, you're no stranger to touring then. You just said, what, 15 years with the trombone in the band? I mean, um, uh, 15 years yeah. with the folklore dance company uh, called Jibaro de Puerto Rico. So oh, with them, most of the okay, time we okay. were in Puerto Rico uh, performing, but every year we used to go to different uh, places. Uh, we went to Spain a lot. Well, how, uh, how did you make the transition in, into musical theater from, from that? Well, <clears throat> the company, not only uh, dancing folklore, they used to uh, do a lot of original musicals, original plays. So that's where I started. I mean, I started dancing and then suddenly, okay, you have to do this character right now. So then acting. And then the musical director one time, they were looking for someone to sing. And I was like, okay, let's try it out. So I started basically doing everything with that company that we used to do everything. So I convert myself a triple threat. Thank you to that company yeah <laughs> uh so, um, so yeah cur- i'm curious did you also did you also go to some type of place for training for singing acting dancing or is it truly just boots on the ground you were learning as you were actually you know in the midst of performing and being with this this company yeah, I kind of started just with the company, uh, but before that company, I used to uh, start dancing jazz, hip hop, and stuff in a in a another dance uh, academy close to Vega Baja, in my, close to my hometown. Then when I moved to that company, basically every time okay. we needed something specifically, we take the class and we perform what we needed for that show. Um, <clears throat> then uh, when I started singing, then I decided to get some classes, but it was more like one on one thing. And then when I went to college, I studied telecommunications, but my minor was in theater. I was already working in theater, professional theater in Puerto Rico. uh, But I decided just, you know, let me get what I need to get. But I was already working. I was in the business already. So I finished that minor. um, Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was finishing my uh, my degree, uh, I they did um, rent in Puerto Rico, a version of rent. And that was my Mm -hmm. first musical sh- my first you know musical show besides the company that i used to dance and perform and that's when i started covering roger and going into the business of how to be an understudy how to you know connect with other people and perform uh and another thing that is not just uh folkloric um uh, connected to folklore yeah um, so then that was rent. And then one of the shows, one time when we went with, with the company, we went to Madrid, to Spain. And I remember that I saw Mamma Mia. Basically, it's the same Broadway show, but in Spanish. And that was the moment when I saw the show specifically that I was like, I want to do this. It feels good. It looks amazing. And I fell in love with musical theater after I saw Mamma Mia in Madrid. Um, mm. And then I got obsessed. Then when I went to New York, you know, in the highs, Lion King, all those shows, I, I, I was, a, you know, a musical theater freak. And every time I was had an opportunity to go to New York, I try to catch a show. Do you I'm curious, do you ever kind of look into 
musicals that are American based and have either albums in English or you maybe you've seen it live, but then you've also seen that same show done in wherever, Puerto Rico, Spain, and mm-hmm. it's in Spanish. How well yeah. does it usually convert? Do they do how good of a job do you think they do, you know, when making the lyrics work and the songs and and so on and so forth? So it's very interesting. So in Puerto Rico, there's some uh, productions. I don't remember the name of that production specifically, but I remember that basically the music, the music was original score in, in English, but then the dialogue was in Spanish. <clears throat> so it was kind of tricky. Oh. Um, <clears throat> Wait, so they would, they, would sp- they would be speaking their lines in Spanish, but then when they would go to sing, they'd sing in English? It was going to be it was in English, yeah. I don't remember which one. Oh. I, I want to say a, a name of a production, but it happened. I, in my case, I did gospel and we did it in Spanish and it was a good, it was a good, um, you know, conversion or transition or translation. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so yeah. it was a really good one, uh, but they did Legally Blonde. They did um, uh, Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary Poppins was in Spanish too, but Mary Poppins in Spanish from Disney, they already have a translation, like approval, approval, but there's some other productions that in Puerto Rico, maybe they find someone to convert that, the show in Spanish. Um, and, and it got always, it, most, of the time, most of the time works. You know, if you're not that picky and you're like obsessed with just one version of it, you will enjoy it. But if you go in with a mindset of like, oh, I cannot. So, but yeah, at, at the moment, at least yeah. with gospel that I had that, that experience and, and La Cache, we did La Cache in Spanish too. And it worked. You know, the metric works. As, mm. as long as the metric is okay and good, everything will work. All right, cool. Yeah. So you see Mamma Mia in, in Spain. You start to fall in love and say, hey, this I, I kind of want to do this. What happens next? Do you, do you come to the States? Do you start doing it in Puerto Rico? Where do you start performing well, um, a lot in musical theater? In Puerto Rico, I already uh, – when after I did Rent, then everything started like back-to-back. Uh, a lot of shows in Puerto Rico, not only original stuff. But then Rent, then Gospel, then La Cache, everything happened like very back to back. But the situation in Puerto Rico, too, is like it's not that you rehearse a show and then you do it for a year. No, basically, you rehearse a show probably maybe two months, sometimes even three months. And you just do only nine shows. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's kind of like a rush thing. And sometimes you are like rehearsing this and you have to do your your main job during the day and then at night you have to rehearse and then the next day and and just at the end when you finish those nine shows is when you feel you feel that you're very comfortable with the character and then everything is done unless you're lucky right, enough right. that the producer decides to you know bring it back so that's the situation in Puerto Rico in Puerto Rico sometimes you're rehearsing two shows at the same time to be you know on, on the game uh, but lately yeah. of course musical theater has been going up in so many ways that Right now, I think On Your Feet is going to happen in Puerto Rico, I think in September. Um, they're going to do it in yeah. PR. And yeah, a lot of stuff in the Heights happened recently in Puerto Rico too. And it was a big event. Um, yeah, it had to have been. All Puerto Rican it, it, it was really fun. Um, cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. So we fast forward. You're, you're in New York City. You're, doing the, you're living the dream, if you will. You're pounding the pavement. Um, talk us through this process of booking the tour for Hades town in these like very trying times of the pandemic mm-hmm. and how it was navigating around that and, and your experience now with the tour. Um, how's it been? It's, you know, it hasn't been too, too long since y'all have been out on the road since theaters gotten back up. Tell us a little bit about the experience of 
getting the show and then now that you're in it. I'm actually going to go a little bit more back of that because yeah. my journey in please, New York actually, my journey in New, in New York actually started after Hurricane Maria. When that happened in 2017, Hurricane Maria actually is kind of like the main reason that I needed to move and keep working and pursue my dream. It wasn't my plans mm. to be in New York, but in 2017 when Hurricane Maria happened and everything was canceled, of course, theater wasn't a priority in that moment. You know, priority was food, priority was gas and everything. So, but I needed to, you know, keep up my thing. So I decided to move in October 2017 and I was working at a retail store in New York. Then I auditioned uh, for the second time for All Your Feet and then they booked me. And being in New York for five months, then I booked the national tour of All Your Feet. So mm-hmm. I, I did that. I was on the road for a year and a half. Then after that, I was in New York, you know, trying to make it happen. Then COVID happened. So and then when COVID yeah. happened, I decided to go back to Puerto Rico. Uh, while I was in Puerto Rico, I actually did some uh, workshops, uh, musical theater workshops for original musicals. So that was really fun. Uh, and then uh, before COVID, I auditioned for Hades now. Uh, but I got two callbacks. Nothing happened. COVID happened. And then being in Puerto Rico, I received an email that they were looking for someone, uh, again, they were looking for more people for tour. So after that moment, everything happened through Zoom. So my auditions, even my final callbacks with Anais Mitchell, Rachel Chatkin, Liam Robinson, and everything, everybody from the cast, from the creative team, it was via Zoom, and I was in PR in that studio that I've been dancing for 15 years of my life. <laughs> so I was like, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a lot going on. I was really emotional. And after that audition, I was like, whatever happens, I'll be happy and, you know, grateful. And yeah, after that audition. That's, uh, that's so special. That you, sorry to, uh, to cut you off there. That's so special that in your, you know, hometown growing up studio, that's where, you know, you're cutting your teeth on those, on those auditions and where you ultimately yeah. book the role. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And, 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 and especially in that place, uh, and that space that I was auditioning, it, mean, it meant a lot mm-hmm. for me. And even mm-hmm. though sometimes you get in your head a lot about the situation, of, of course, it's not a Latin show, but it's a very diverse show. And I was like, as a Latino, how can I fit in this show? You have all that stuff going on. And I love that they appreciate that. And they've been more like, you know, uh, uh, diverse in general. If you see our cast and even on Broadway, it's it's part of the main thing about the show. You can Everybody can relate with everybody. And it's amazing. Um, and being part of this right now, it's, it's just a blessing after that year and a half being in Puerto Rico, um, with, with the COVID situation and we're still in the COVID situation, but, you know, like thinking about what's going to happen next or like, should I quit the business? Because I don't, you don't, you never know what's going to happen with this business after COVID. And we were very affected about, you know, not only Broadway community, but the entertainment industry in general, because in Puerto Rico of the restrictions, like they, they actually, the restrictions in Puerto Rico were longer than even Broadway in New York. So if you wanted to perform in a theater in Puerto Rico, it was going to be harder. So it was going to be, then how we do this. So booking this, it was, it was a blessing. And now being on the road until probably next year, working i every time every day i practice gratefulness you need to be grateful you know even in harder moments you just need to be grateful do your yoga do your routine go to the gym and like try to keep your say you play try to keep yourself in a safe place of gratefulness every time 
So yeah. that's what I've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now that you're on the tour and especially when we had that Omicron surge, what tell us some stories about coverage or just like when you all maybe were sit, sitting down as a company before a show and saying, how, how are we going to make this work today? You know, do you have any stories like that? Actually, in our case, um, it w- there was gonna there was a moment that it was going to be like a chaotic moment of like maybe split tracks or stuff because suddenly everybody got COVID. In my case, I actually got COVID in our first week of tech rehearsals. So oh, no. and, I was, and I was in New York. So we finished rehearsals and the last day of, of, of rehearsals in New York, I tested positive. So everybody went to Schenectady to do the tech rehearsals. And I was the only one in New York for a, in a week and a half. And I was like, it happened to me. But you know what? It happened in that moment. But what happened uh, recently was we were in Houston and like nine people from the cast, you know, they're positive so they decided to cancel so for two weeks we were stuck in in, in houston uh we were supposed to go to austin so then it happened and then after being in houston we went to dallas so in dallas we started again um but there's some people that were tested positive like at the end of those two uh, two weeks before so we had some subs we have some uh understudy stuff going on but it has been good at the moment you know so let's keep it that way okay. and because most of the people already have it. So we have the antibody. So hopefully we'll, we will not have a shutdown <laughs> again. Do, do your castmates ever give you a hard time that you got to skip out on some of those long tech rehearsals? Oh, say that again. I'm sorry. Do that. Do your castmates, do they ever give you a hard time for, you know, when you got COVID during tech, do they ever, you know, joke with you that you didn't have to stand there waiting for the lights and sound and set change? You know, you got to skip out on that painful moment sometimes. I mean, this is the thing. As a swing, <laughs> in that, in that moment, like if I, if, <laughs> let's be honest, like it's not missing a tech rehearsal is it wasn't that bad in my case because as a swing, I was just gonna be in the in the seat audience, like just watching because. Sure, you know? sure. So I was talking with all the swings, and they were like, "You're good, you're good." And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you. You're, "You're not. You're just. You're just missing uh, them saying, could could you just move one step left on exactly. uh, stage left six? Can, we need you to step back for your special there. Yeah, okay, that's good. Okay, moving yeah, on. And, and it's a moment that the show's still like changing a lot of stuff. And as a swing, like in my case, I like to learn what it's like the official thing, but it was nice to be right. part of the process of the creation of why this, instead of like the reason on Broadway is like this. So that's yeah. why I always say like people, if you've seen the show on Broadway, you have to come to the tour because there's a lot of differences. Um, uh, that is very interesting about the blocking, about the, some, even the, the interpretations of the characters, you know, it's sure. you got the base of it, but it's very different vocally. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people have been watching yeah, and, the show from some Broadway and they come to see the show and they were like, oh, this is completely different and I love it. And it's like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, the the words on the page are always the same, but it's the people that are up there that really make it come to life and, and it's always, you know, to each its own from cast to cast for sure. Yeah. Um, two more questions. Uh, sure. Let's do one question or one question that you could answer to help out some of our listeners out there that – either are currently swinging a show there maybe in the future they will what's like one little tip or trick that you like to practice as a swing that has really helped you out 
I've been, um, I, of course, the first few months, you're always getting a lot of information and you have to be on your game. Um, in my case, I cover five, uh, I five, I cover six tracks, the five workers and Hermes. That is one of the principles. So I've been on already for three of them, uh, three more to come. <laughs> um, but it's always when you listen to the show every night, just pick one track and just go with the flow, all the, all the show with that track vocally, blocking wise, always try to do that and have maybe one day that you know you're not going to be on just to chill and relax and try to maybe be productive and other stuff. But then other days, at least schedule yourself. Like this day, I'm going to go with track three. This day, I'm going to go for track four. And that's been helping me a lot um, in this yeah. journey, especially now that I already got that information in my head. It's just to how to divide it in case I have an emergency. Uh, I have to go on, on stage in an emergency. I don't need to be... I don't need to go to my notes. So, you know, I already yeah. have, okay, I'm worker three and let, let's go. And that's the hardest yeah. part for, for me. It's, a, it's the first time being a swing. So I, mm. I, I kind of started kind of like create a system to understand all this process. So at the beginning, it was a little, it, it was hard for me. I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was hard, but I try not to get in that uncomfortable zone of, you know, being like, what am I doing? Like, no, there's a reason why I'm here. So you have to figure it out. So having that, I got my notes, cards, colors, and there's no like a, a book that tells you how to be the perfect swing. You have to figure it yeah. out. And mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. I think, I think that mindset you just shared is maybe the most valuable advice is just that, Hey, it's going to be difficult you're going to feel like you're lost at times, but you just have mm -hmm. to be confident in your abilities that, you know, you're going to come through at the end of the day for sure. Just like a workout when you feel that you cannot do anything. <laughs> one more, <laughs> one more round. You just have to know there's a reason why I'm here and I'm doing this. So let's yeah, go. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last question. Um, whether you know this person or it's just someone that you've looked up to from afar, who has uh, had some influence on you during your career um, and what type of insight or just helpful advice that you might have gotten from them along the way, whether, again, it was in person or just something you heard them say or you read at one point, um, just to give our listeners just a bit more, you know, uh, inspiration. Inspiration. You know what? There's... There's one actor in Puerto Rico that's he's I'm very. Um, I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. That's great. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, there's, there's some problem with the with the connection. Um, there's an actor in Puerto Rico uh, called Rene Moncloa. Um, I used to work with him a lot, and he's very well known in PR. He's an amazing actor, and he one time told me we were in the show, and he told me it's like it's always very important to treat everybody. No matter if it is the director, the main character, the principal, even the security guy, when you enter to the room, like you have to treat everybody the way that you would like to be treated. And people will respect you uh, because they know you respect them. Yeah. And that for me is just yeah. like if I enter to a parking lot or whatever, it's always wave, always say hi or ask, how are you? You know, those kind of stuff, those little details change a lot of the energy in general. And I'm a person that I believe in. I'm about energy. And I remember I was maybe like, maybe like 20 or something like that. And he told me that. 
And he was like, damn, thank you very much. And he was like, <laughs> with all the makeup as, a, as an old man and whatever. <laughs> and it was like, this is perfect right now. So that always stuck in my head. Um, and yeah, I admire him a lot. Yeah. When you're talking about energy. Okay, there you go. When you're talking about energy, it's so true that, you know, if not just you are practicing um, that habit, but your entire cast, your entire company, you all treating each other with that mutual respect will not only just create a good work environment, but it inevitably will heighten the performance of your show, the quality of your show as well. Um, so exactly. I love that. Most, most of the time that happened backstage reflects on stage. So that's why it's very important to keep that harmony uh, all the time. Even if we got hard moments, just to shake it up. And when you go on stage, you just forget about everything else. So yeah. I try to keep it that way. Cool. All right, Eddie, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Uh, amazing chat with you. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me, man. All right, everyone, that was Eddie Noel. You can check out Eddie uh, on his Instagram. His handle is in the description of our uh, episode caption here. And yeah, if you like the podcast, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. This is Joe Roscoe with Bill for the Stage. We'll catch you on the next one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.